Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. The Kidley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, but Kidley Wright. Welcome into the DNVR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, we have some news to talk about. So, uh, there was a report earlier today that uh, both Oklahoma and Texas are trying to get into the SEC. Um, obviously, this is like huge news. Uh, people talk about realignment constantly because it's kind of like. It's just like an underlying part of college football. Like at any point, this whole system that is set up could just be totally changed. And uh, this is the kind of thing that starts that whole process. Um, So we don't know for sure that they're actually going to be able to pull it off, but it does sound like they are very committed to, uh, you know, getting out of the Big 12 and into the SEC. We're going to talk about that, um, get into what it means for the Pac-12 and um, beyond the Pac-12, Colorado in particular. You know, this is, like I said, the kind of thing that sets off a domino effect because if those two teams leave the Big 12, which was already only 10 teams, then it gets down to eight teams, which is enough to play, like, conference football. You know, you just play everybody in your conference once that's a seven team conference schedule um basketball would feel really repetitive because what you have seven other opponents maybe you play them all three times and it's a 21 game conference sketch i don't know um the point is though if anybody else leaves which i will get into those possibilities then you're down to seven teams and if you have seven teams i don't know how you make it work um But yeah, so we'll talk about the conference stuff, but then, like I said, talk about the Colorado stuff because the Big 12 is probably going to be trying to add some schools. And, you know, Colorado being where it is, kind of... I don't want to say, like, they're a bad fit for the Pac-12. I think in a lot of ways they're a good fit for the Pac-12, but, you know, you look at the map and you say, if anybody were to leave the Pac-12 especially to join the Big 12, it would make sense for them to go after Colorado for geographic reasons, for historical reasons. So we're going to talk about that a little bit too. Um, So that's the plan for today. Real quick though, want to start things off by giving a shout out to our friends over at the Colorado XOs. So the Colorado XOs are a rugby team out in Glendale. They are taking athletes who participate at the highest levels of their first sports but for whatever reason, decided to change career paths and 
ultimately decided on rugby. So they're taking new rugby players who are still very good athletes, teaching them how to play rugby with the idea that they will um, get them on to the U.S. national team. And so far, I haven't gotten anybody to the U.S. national team, which is in Tokyo, by the way. But they have gotten six players into Major League Rugby. It's cool stuff going on, fun to watch, and you can check that out at DMVR Rugby, the podcast or uh, the Twitter account, all that kind of stuff, especially this time of year because Olympic rugby is right around the corner and they're going to be following all of that. Uh, so definitely follow along with DMVR Rugby. All right. So like I said, um, Texas, Oklahoma trying to jump ship to the SEC. And we're going to start out by talking about what that would look like and whether it's possible. So right now... Those two schools are signed into the TV deal with the Big 12 through 2025. And so most likely they won't be able to get out of the Big 12 until 2026. Now, at the same time, again, this is still kind of early in the process. So we don't know all the details, but there's probably a good chance that they have an option to buy themselves out of the contract, whether that would cost $50 million or $500 million at this point, I have absolutely no idea. And who knows? It could even be more than that. Um, but you do have to assume that the closer you get to 2026, when they are maybe not totally free, there still might be a fee to leave the conference, they just won't be signed to the TV deal that makes it really, really hard to get out. But as you get closer to that date, it probably gets cheaper Plus, like, there's no way that they're trying to get out of the Big 12 before this football season starts, which is going to make for some really fun football games and really fun stories um, off the field as we get into this football season. Like I said, it, it's really bad for the Big 12, not just because they're starting to run short on members, but because Oklahoma and Texas are probably the two biggest... I mean, they're absolutely the two biggest draws to the Pac-12. Outside of them, you have uh, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State. You know, the Wall Street Journal put out a list of the values of every college football program um, in the country about... What was that? I think it was in 2019... So a little bit dated, but probably things haven't changed too much. You know, there's probably some little things that you can figure out, like Clemson continuing to be successful because, you know, they had like they basically had their rise in 2019 through like the five, six previous seasons to go from like a good football program to what they are now. And being able to continue that for a few years would definitely change the perspective, the outside perspective on Clemson football, you know, they're probably increasing quite a bit because they've been able to hold on to this high-level play. So so there are things like that that are changing. Honestly, the fact that Texas has been uh, pretty bad the last couple years, continuing a stretch of being bad, because, again, it's not about who's good right now. Like, Iowa State had a, a really good season last year, and now they're kind of really well set up in this new Big 12. Um, but just because they had one really good season it isn't really enough to change what the overall perspective is of the value of that football program because it's more about the long term. You know, 
And when you're looking at a team like Iowa State, call them like a 500-level Power 5 team, you're going to have some variation in there. It's to be expected, you know? Going whatever they were, 10-2 and two or whatever, that's going to certainly help them, but it's stringing that together over the course of three years, and maybe even that's not enough. That's why I brought up Clemson, where they were good for five, six, seven years, and then continued it for three more years, and now we're to the point where we say, okay, this is not just a little blip on the radar, a little two, three, four-year blip. This is something that's happened for a while, and they've probably really built up that fan base. They have a bunch more national attention, and they've created themselves as a national brand that isn't going to fade. Whereas Iowa State, they kind of, this could absolutely just be a blip. Um, and even if they hold on for two, three years, it's still kind of a blip in the grand scheme of college football. Um, so many fans have been fans of whatever school they've decided to be fans of for 50 years. Um, that was a, a long talk about um, what could be different about these numbers. But when you look at the valuations of all these schools, number one is Texas. Number seven, Oklahoma. And so adding two marquee brands like that to the SEC, and on the flip side, the Big 12 losing them, that really, really changes what those conferences are capable of. You know, the Big 12 has been slipping um, for quite a while now. You could make the claim that it's been since Colorado left, I guess, if you wanted to. Um, but losing those two, and then all of a sudden you're looking at Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, um, who else is in there? Um, Kansas State. I mean, Kansas has basketball, but basketball is like, in terms of conference TV revenue, it's worth about 10%. Kansas is so big, though, that it might skew those numbers for, you know, if, if they came to the Pac-12, and we'll get into some conversations like that later, does all of a sudden that 10% number change to 15% just because Kansas basketball is so big? It's very possible. It also helps that the football team is so bad that that could skew those football numbers the other direction and have like a double effect. But um, football-wise, obviously, Kansas doesn't have anything. So, yeah. There isn't much. I mean, Baylor, TCU, uh, there's got to be at least a couple more. Oh, Iowa State, I guess we haven't listed in this. But, yeah, I mean, not... A big draw, you know, especially even compared to the Pac-12. You know, you look at the top of the Big 12 right now and say that's, um, I think, Texas Tech and Oklahoma State, uh, according to Wall Street Journal in their whatever a couple years ago, those were the top two. USC and Oregon blow those two out of the water. And maybe things get competitive a little further down the line. But, I mean, Washington's going to be ahead of whoever's next. The Big 12 is in a really ugly place. And that's why it kind of makes sense if you're Texas and Oklahoma, again, purely from a being in a really good conference perspective, and there's other things at play, and we'll get into those as well, but do you want to be the two that are really anchoring the existence of your conference, or do you want to be two of a part of, what, seven really, really strong programs that are anchoring the conference and, you know, building basically a super conference, which the SEC was kind of on the verge of 
some would say they maybe even achieved it before this news. Um, and the answer is, if you're just looking to create or be a part of like the the biggest part of football possible, you go to the SEC, and it's not a tough decision. There are other factors at play, though. Um, for example, Oklahoma's won what? Like it's something like four of the last five Big Twelve championships. They are in really good position to just run that league. Um, I think that the college football playoff news changes this. It, it kind of allows for something like this to happen because, you know, if, if you're in the SEC, how do you get in to the college football playoff? First of all, if you win the conference, you're basically guaranteed to get in. It would take like a three, four year run of the SEC really underperforming to change that. But what we've seen recently and what I think we'll continue to see going forward, especially if this goes through, is that the SEC is going to get two teams in and the top two champions or I guess Notre Dame um, from the rest of the country are also going to get in. And that's kind of how you expect it to play out in a four team playoff. If you're Oklahoma, you probably don't love your chances of getting to the college football playoff. I mean, again, they've been a top four team in the country however many of the last five years, quite a few. And so I think that they're still probably... I mean, as of right now, I think Bama leads the way in the SEC still. I mean, I, that's not a hot take. But then Oklahoma's probably the number two. And if you look to what's to come in these four-team college football playoffs, I think that you expect those two to get in. Again, you have to play the football games, though, and the competition, the path to get there for Oklahoma is now much, much tougher than it was in the Big 12. You make it a 12-team playoff, though, and say, sure, you still want one of those top four spots because you want to be, you know, you want to get a bye. But if... You're Oklahoma and you say, well, there's six champions that get in and six at-large spots. We should be able to get one of those six at-large spots, especially because people are going to recognize that you're going up against SEC teams. And maybe you get away with one or two more losses than you would if you were playing in the Big 12. You know, if, if you're going through the Big 12, especially the way that it looks right now and you're Oklahoma, again, to finish top 12, you probably need to have it's either no more than two or no more than three losses. It's no more than three losses, but three losses is going to really put you on the bubble. You're going to need some help. Two losses and you're going to be good probably. Um, definitely, if you're Oklahoma. When you look at the SEC though, you know if you lose to Bama, you lose to Georgia, you lose another game to, say, Florida or whoever the hot team in the SEC is that year, you're going to be just fine getting the college football playoff because people are going to say, well, wait, sure they lost those games, but look at who they lost to. And that's a lot better than a whoever team, say a Miami team that lost to Clemson, lost to Florida State, and who else would they lose to in that ACC? I mean, is like North Carolina? <laughs> it's like, well, no, those those teams do not compare to the teams that Oklahoma lost to. And so there is some value there in the 12-team playoff that you, I think you have more wiggle room to blow games. Now, winning the other games is going to be much tougher 
and that part shouldn't be forgotten. But I do think that, although it isn't official, official that we're going to get a 12-team playoff, the fact that we're moving that direction, and what we say that's going to start like 2025-ish, 20 or I think 2026 was the first or the first year that they could basically decide for themselves they want to do it without going through the TV partners. So that lines up with basically where Texas and Oklahoma are. Almost like literally exactly. They can go in 2026 if they want. Otherwise they have to negotiate because of the TV partners. Um so I think that that enables some of it and on top of that there's just the 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 money situation. You know, the Pac-12 and the Big 12, they're pretty comparable in the TV money right now. Um, Big 12 a little bit ahead, but not a whole lot. The SEC is basically doubling them. And if you're Texas, you're Oklahoma, and you say, we want to go get, whatever, another $25, $30 million a year by just playing these teams instead of those teams, why wouldn't you do it? Why wouldn't you do it? And again, it's because it's tougher to win the SEC championship. And I think for Texas, that's the team that, that really had the more complicated decision here because Texas is not all that good at football. You know, historically, they've been really good. But for the last, I don't even know how long, at least five years, probably ten years, maybe even more than that, they've been average at best. You know, they make some bowl games, they miss some bowl games. And you take that when you're playing in the Big 12, push that team into the SEC, what do you expect to happen? And what I expect to happen is Texas to get beat up on. Now, there's more play here because obviously you get even more money, even though Texas, they must have the most money in college football. On top of that, they're getting even more money coming in. There's there's a lot that they can do with all that money, and they will do whatever they can with the money, which is a big part of college football. Also, playing in the SEC, playing against SEC teams in SEC stadiums in SEC country, it's going to help you recruit that part of the country. You know, you, you obviously have Texas as your bread and butter right there. You can probably still be pl- pulling quite a few players from like LA, but you also just opened up the hotbed for most of the talent in the trenches, plus a bunch of other talent as well. Um, you know, it probably makes it a little bit tougher to recruit. L.A., again, that's not the worst thing in the world, though, if you're opening these other doors. For example, I mean, there's things like you're you're going after whatever, say a receiver, and now you're saying, well, yeah, if your parents want to come to a game, they're going to have to come down to Gainesville or Tuscaloosa instead of a much easier and probably more manageable trip into Big 12 country. Those sorts of things hurt. But also, you know, you're playing at the Swamp. And your dad probably wants to see a game at the Swamp a lot more than he wants to see a game at, I don't know, Kansas State or whatever. So probably some negative effects over there. Again, you have a bunch more money, though, and who knows what you can do with that. So 
really interesting for sure. And again, this is just kind of the first domino. And we'll get into some of those other dominoes that could be on the way here after we take a quick little break. Um, in this break, we are going to talk about... Oh, and I screwed things up. I was going through and trying to make my own conference realignment thing. And I changed. I used to have like the thing that told me what to read and the, the things that I actually read. I could just open them together at the same time. But then I switched one to... Um, make realignment things turns out by the way that is really hard and that's something that we're going to do at some point but it takes a whole lot of work and so we're not going to do it quite yet um, once I have all my idea figured out I don't want to throw like a bad idea out there and then try to come up with something else um, but real quick though if you guys are not members of DMVR now's the time to do it there's a bunch of cool stuff on the way camp starting in just like a week or two so be ready for all of that. Um, big beer for size of small beer. There's a bunch of cool things going on at the DMVR bar all the time, even in the off season. There's trivia on Tuesdays now. Why not? Um, so yeah, there was a really quick plug for that. Also, I want to remind you guys about uh, Strava Craft Coffee. Strava Craft Coffee is CBD-infused coffee that is changing lives. Um you know, you've probably heard people talk about CBD. Maybe you've used CBD yourself. Basically, it's like a, it's an oil that fixes your problems. Um, whether it's anxiety or back pain or whatever, it has helped so many people in a bunch of different ways. And StravaCraft infused that into its coffee. It's not psychoactive or anything. And um, again, the reviews speak for themselves, so definitely go and check those out. Um, but you can get it in a bunch of different forms. Um, we actually have the cold brew at the DNVR bar if you want to check that out. There's also grounds or whole beans or K-cups. Basically, any way you can get coffee, they do that. And they have two cool deals going right now. So you probably remember the code DNVR20. Well, that code is now DNVR25 because they are giving you 25% off your first order from Strava Craft Coffee. Um if you use that code so check that out um even if you've already used the 20 percent off code you can now also use that dmvr 25 code so make sure you use that um the other deal is that if you subscribe to a product again whether it's like the k cups or whatever you can get that delivered to you every two four six or eight weeks and you get 20 percent off every single time it's a great deal um it really balances the price out you know because cbd infused coffee is going to be more expensive than regular coffee but you take that 20 percent off and all of a sudden it's just fine plus getting your coffee delivered is the best way to do it because it's something that you drink basically every day you know i go through a lot of phases when i eat mostly because i just kind of feed myself at this point in my life so if i get for example a pack of hot dogs I have to eat all six of the hot dogs. I guess those come in eights and the buns come in six, which just causes another problem. But, I, you know, I have to eat all those. So I go through phase there where I'm eating a bunch of hot dogs. There's, uh, like, sandwiches. The same thing will happen. Um, bananas. You get, like, a bunch of bananas. And it's like, well, better eat all these within the next week. And so it's a banana week. Um, coffee is different, though, because, again, you just drink it basically every day. And so you can reliably just have it show up 
as often as you want. Um, and Strava is the very best of coffee. Also, want to give a shout out to friends over at DraftKings. Um, DraftKings Sportsbook is the best place for all of your betting needs, especially with the Olympics on the way. They have an awesome promotion. You just have to bet $1. And if America wins any medal this year, you get $100 in free credits. America, I think, let's see, Dre said that they're they're supposed to get like 130 medals or 113 medals, something like that. And so the odds of them not getting a medal, very, I mean, it's almost impossible. So if you're interested in getting into betting, you don't want to lose money, which is like a reasonable thought when it comes to betting, throw a dollar in, put that dollar on America to win a medal, and then all of a sudden you have $100 in credits that you can use to start your betting career. Um, You know, that can go really quickly if you want it to. It can also take a long time. You know, if you do a $1 bet every day, obviously the quickest you could lose all that is 100 days, and the odds of you losing 100 bets in a row, almost as low as the odds of America not getting a medal this year. So again, it's like just a great way to kick off your DraftKings account, especially with football season right around the corner. Um, so download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up. Turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins the medal. That's code DNVR to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right, one more real quick. Manscaped. Um, if you guys haven't signed up for Manscaped yet, you're really, really missing out. Um, I've told you about all the products before, whether it's the uh, Lawnmower 4.0, that's kind of like the marquee trimmer, it is the best body hair trimmer on the market. It has a whole bunch of really cool features, including just like it's really good at trimming, but also like the light and a bunch of things that you just don't even realize you need. Uh, you can change it to a bunch of different lengths, all that kind of stuff. They also have a specific trimmer for ear and nose hair. It's called the Weed Whacker. A lot of people need that, and they make it so easy. Uh, you can get all that stuff in a package. They've got a bunch of different packages you can choose from. Um and come with different liquid formulations. That's, again, I've said this before, but that's the... The, the, the big thing for me is that Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. It just changes your summer. Um, yeah. A uh, bunch of really cool products available in those packages. Uh, Performance Package 4.0 will come with some of those liquid formulations. It'll come with um, the, the uh, Weed Whacker, the Lawn Mower, and also, Manscaped boxers, a travel bag, all that stuff. And you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code DNVR at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code DNVR at manscaped.com. Yeah, that's the code. Um, okay, so talked a lot about what's up with Oklahoma and Texas, where they're going, all that kind of stuff. Where does that leave Colorado? Where does that leave the Pac-12? First of all, I fully expect Colorado to be getting a call from the Big 12 saying, hey, 
please <laughs> we we can make this we can call it like a reunion it's like the old big eight except we're missing nebraska and the texas and oklahoma you know they're gonna probably call nebraska too but there's just no reason for nebraska to go back and the big 10 makes so much money and that's kind of the thing with all of these conferences right now is i don't think there's ever been a school that's gotten kicked out of a conference i don't think so and I, I looked really hard, but I couldn't figure out what that process would be. Um, I'm sure that it's possible. But, you know, you look at the SEC now with 16 teams. That's a really big conference. You have Vanderbilt sitting there. And I'm using Vanderbilt as an example. You know, that's the one good academic school. It changes all the numbers. They're good at some sports that don't make money. It's good to have a win on the schedule for the other SEC. Whatever. But if you're looking for teams football-wise that just do not fit in, that's where you start. So we're using them as an example. If the SEC wanted to get rid of them, I'm not sure how they could. you know. And, and that's going to be kind of the issue with this realignment is so many teams have now joined Power 5 conferences. But how many more really can? I guess maybe the answer is the Big 12 is totally stuck those teams aren't getting invited places and so they wind up being relegated to the AAC or whatever and I guess the the AAC is probably where the Big 12 can revive itself you know you bring in Cincinnati you bring in Houston UCF you know they, they have some good schools they aren't quite the same as power five schools though and so it could be that all of a sudden the Big 12 or whatever they call themselves after all this, is going to be not... It, it turns into a Power 4 that doesn't include the Big 12. Um, again, there's not... It, it just takes some time for us to see whether they really were up there and what the TV deals look like and all that kind of stuff. And I guess it's the conference fading away that is how teams now get relegated out of the Power Five. They just get stuck in those dying conferences because they can't find homes. So there we go. I guess that answered the question. But, you know, Nebraska, even if the Big Ten wanted to kick them out, and there's a chance they do, I don't know that they could. And if you're Nebraska getting a call from the Big 12 and they say, well, come get your $30 million in TV money a year, Nebraska would say, why not keep our 50-whatever-million-dollars in TV money a year? And I don't know what the Big 12 does to win them over. Like, they almost have to overpay, and if you're overpaying for schools, then what's the point of it? Um, and so that's kind of the issue there. You know, that's why, again, I don't think Colorado would go to the Big 12. I, I think maybe had Texas and Oklahoma stayed, then we could have a different conversation. But without those two schools... I just don't see the appeal, especially when the Pac-12 is about to get the new TV deal and make a bunch more money, and it just seems like you'd be jumping ship at the wrong time. Now, there might be other factors I'm not thinking of, but I uh, I just don't see it. Um, and so, like I said, I think the Big 12 probably is, has to go to some of the G5 schools and say, hey... Come join us, and we'll see if we can keep this conference relevant instead of just turning into another American conference or whatever. Um, 
the Mac or whatever. And then <laughs> you see what happens. You say, worst case scenario, we do become where you were before. Well, guess what? You're doing the same thing and making the same money, so why not? Um, For Colorado, though, that's why I don't think there's much appeal in going to the Big 12. I don't think Arizona, Arizona State would jump ship for the Big 12. Again, there just isn't much of a reason at this point. What's more likely is that the Pac-12 tries to bring in some of these schools. And that's kind of the weird thing going on right now is, say you're Oklahoma State, are you... I mean, above board, you know, at the meetings or on the calls or whatever, you're saying, yeah, we got to we gotta try to check in with these teams, see if we can get these schools signed on. But then you're probably also under the table trying to figure out if there's a better home for you. And so these conversations are being had with, like, what, the athletic directors, the presidents, and probably the commissioner. They're in there trying to figure out what to do. Together, they're all working together. Uh, separately, they might all just be trying to jump ship because that's probably the smart thing to do. And so that's just a weird little conflict that's going on. And again, I don't know how this plays out. Um, like I said, I think it's more likely the Pac-12 is adding versus subtracting here. Unless, say, you know, the Big Ten just says, you know what, we don't care about geography. Let's call up USC. They've got to bring UCLA with them. Sure, we'll take them. And let's call up Oregon and watch, you know, see if they can build some sort of super conference. I bet they make the call at least. You know, it, w- it would suck for some reasons for them. Um, things like, you know, you're making Maryland cover- travel to the Coliseum for football games. You know, that's that's tough. It's more expensive than traveling to where they usually have to travel. The bigger problem, though, is the other sports. You know, when you're sending both of your basketball teams across the country, you're sending your whatever, your golf team, your baseball team, your lacrosse team, your blah, 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 all that kind of stuff, those costs do add up, and there's reasons to avoid it. At the same time, the amount of money that adding a USC would do were the the money that you would receive for doing that, it might make it worth it, and that's why you probably make the call and just see what's up. Um, I don't think anything like that happens though. Also, wouldn't be the first time that I've been wrong. Um, if if the Pac-12 looks to add teams, you know, you probably look to the Big 12 and say, okay, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State. Again, according to the Wall Street Journal, those those are the two that are more valuable. And they're actually what I was looking. I think I think six teams were more valuable, or six Pac-12 teams are more valuable for their football programs than those two, and six were less valuable. And so it's not even like you're adding all that much. I guess what you're really adding is a footprint in Texas, which is a good thing to have. You know the. I think I think um, being in markets is becoming less and less important. So you say, like, yeah, if we could get TCU in the Dallas market, you get Texas Tech, and I don't even know what market that is. There's there's still definitely some value in that, but it just keeps decreasing and decreasing for a variety of reasons. You know, the reason you'd want to do it is because then you say, okay, well, we're in Dallas. That means that the Pac-12 network is carried in Dallas, 
and for every home that signs up to Dish or whichever of the networks actually carries the Pac-12 network, we get an additional $2 or whatever. Um, and that money adds up. And it's, it's more than that. Dep- I guess it depends on what you're talking, months or years. But that's why you do it, because it just forces that TV channel into those homes and you get money from that. But again, the world is moving away from that model. You know, it's going to be more and more and more streaming and things are moving more and more that direction, especially when you consider that most of this probably isn't going to happen until 2026 anyway. And at that point, the Pac-12 networks might not even exist. They might be totally dead. And if that's the case and, you know, you've got whatever games streaming on, I guess, games being broadcast and streamed by you know, Fox and ESPN and maybe NBC or whatever networks you're on. And then you have Amazon streaming the rest of what you do or ESPN plus streaming the rest of what you do. Then all of a sudden being in those markets doesn't really matter. Fan bases, the size of a fan base still matters. And if TCU has that big of a hold in Dallas, that there's that many fans watching the games, then yes, there's value in that. But it could be kind of short-sighted to go after a school just because they're in one market right now. Um, A lot of things at play, though. Um, On top of that, I think it's worth remembering what it takes to get into the Pac-12. I guess maybe we should have said this to the SEC, too. But the SEC, you have to have 11 of the 14 schools say yes. I think what it really is is like you need 75% or something like that. Um, And the way it's constructed now, you need 11 yeses to get in and you know I guess there was like a handshake agreement back in the day that you would only add one school per state and let them kind of hold down the ground in that state because the SEC is big and you're going to grow and that's you can become like a bigger name in the SEC and probably outgrow the other schools in your state Um, obviously they also have Texas A&M which could cause issues but Texas A&M only has one no vote and it seems like, for the most part, schools would say, yeah, Texas... Is, first of all, Texas and Oklahoma, they're only coming if they come together. So it's a it's a total yes or no vote and not a yes to one, no to the other type of situation. And when you look at what Texas brings, and what Oklahoma brings as well, but mostly what Texas brings, it'd be tough to see them saying no to that. Um, for the Pac-12, though, there's a lot more at play. You know, they're they seem to really be against adding religious schools, uh, which TCU is, you know, Texas Christian University, and that will work against them. Um, You know, it works against Baylor. Um, They're trying to add good academic schools. And, you know, that's why Boise State hasn't been invited. You know, BYU hasn't been invited because of the religious thing, and them in particular because they don't do sports on Sundays, and that just causes all sorts of scheduling problems that you just don't want to have to deal with. Um, So when you look around at the available schools, it's tough to find good fits. Again, I think Oklahoma State, I think Texas Tech, I think uh, Kansas State. You know, Kansas has the basketball thing going, but I don't think that's all that valuable. To me personally, I would say, eh, yeah, whatever, go do your thing. Um, And... The, the point, though, if you're if you're a Pac-12 athletic director, what you're trying to do with the conference is make more money. 
That's what it's about. Can you get more money? And it's not just about saying, okay, well, we get this many more games we get to broadcast because we have two more total schools. Well, you have to remember, there's also two more schools that are splitting the money that you're making. And so it's not about you know, the size of the pie. This is what people always say. It's about the size of the piece of the pie. And now it's getting cut into a couple more slices. So as of right now, I'd say I don't think there's going to be a change. I think that Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, again, that's probably where you look. Maybe San Diego State, people have talked about. Um, they don't really do it for me. But, hey, I mean, that's a good football program for a G5 school. And who knows? Maybe they do take a step if they're added to the Pac-12. Um, who else is there? Yeah, I mean, that's probably most of it. Um, yeah. I don't know, SMU, Southern Methodist, that's probably no. So, yeah, um... Those are some of my initial thoughts, and we'll be talking more about this tomorrow. I'm excited about that. Hopefully, there's some more information that comes out. We can dig into more of that kind of stuff. But yeah, uh, Texas and Oklahoma seem, again, it's not official yet. There's still work that has to be done, whatever. We'll see, but it seems like they're really trending toward leaving. Um, that'll do it for today. We'll be back tomorrow with more, probably talking about this, but maybe there's some other stuff that happens. Who knows? Um, I'll see you then.